what's up everybody welcome to 9308 the podcast thank you for tuning in it's uh it's been about a month since our last episode been a really big week really big month i mean really a big year but um you know this past month has just been crazy and that's the reason for the delay so a quick backstory um about a year ago i decided that i wanted to write a film script um really didn't know where that was going to take me and um, got in touch with Alex Horton who's been on the podcast on episode five and we ended up making the film December together and after that we decided that you know we worked so well together the project t- turned out you know we, we were super happy with the project especially with that you know both of us never touching film before in that way that we decided to start a film production company called Gradient Pictures. So throughout the year, you know, we've been kind of posting about it here and there, but it's really just been a been a name, you know, something to hashtag with the uh, the Instagram posts. And last week, we went ahead and released our um, our company. Essentially, we um, launched the website. We launched our, um, our our whole company profile for Gradient Pictures. We also released um, my film December. I released our film December. Um, really um kind of a nerve-wracking thing you know it's something we've talked about for a while and we you know we did have the premiere at sunray and sold out which which was excellent but um you know to kind of have it out there in the world now is really really um it's cool it's it's really exciting but it's also kind of terrifying at the same time you know it's the first thing we did but you know super happy with it so um definitely you know if you have a chance please go to um the website gradient.pictures um you can go to vimeo.com slash gradient pictures and again, the website is gradient.pictures. That's it. Just put that in your browser. Um, you could find some information. You could find our logo, which is fucking awesome. Zane Comer, the creator of ShotSpot, who was on episode 10, he did our logo. And, um, you know, so we're just so, so excited to continue to, to work on this film stuff. It's becoming, you know, more of like an idea and a hobby. And just it, this is what we do. Um, last month, we shot a short film. And we are we have so much in the works. You know, we're working on a um, a feature we'll be shooting next year, which I, I just cannot cannot tell you how excited I am for it. We um I said we just shot this short film and there may even be a television series in the works. So a lot, a lot coming from Gradient Pictures. So again, please go to um you know Vimeo.com slash gradient pictures, like us on there. If you have an hour, please watch the film December, please comment on it, tell your friends about it, share it, you know, it means the world to us. Um, you know, Facebook, go on to Gradient Pictures, give us a like, you know, anything you can do, we do greatly appreciate it. Um, again, just super excited for this. And, um, you know, a lot of people put in a lot of work on December and, you know, it's here for you guys now. We really did this for you. So moving on though, um, again, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, really cool episode. So this is the first episode where I've actually, um, not really known my guest. You know, today we have Lee Hamby, who is the, I think the directing manager of the Five and Dime Theater Company. He is joining us today. And Lee Lee's a great, great fucking guy. Um, when I started to make December, I got in contact with my brother. Um, I have a half-brother. I'm not super close to it, but he has a theater company in Michigan. And I said, hey, who who can help me here? Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And he said, you've got to talk to this guy, Lee. You've got to talk to Lee. I knew him from high school. He does some theater stuff down there. Hit him up. And I hit Lee up and just, I mean, he couldn't have been more helpful and kind, you know, without knowing me. Helped me kind of put the word out about the auditions and stuff. And um, actually, we ended up getting Derek Routier, who starred as, as Landon, our main character in December. Um, Noah Bennett, who was our second lead. And Alexis Ray, who was one of the the female leads in the film. All, all came from pretty much Lee's words. That was really cool. And, um, you know, that was pretty much all we, uh, all we did. We met at a film premiere for a film called Thunder. I actually wasn't attending. I was going to see The Lobster. I don't know what the fuck happens. I just ended up meeting the guy. 
And um, that was the first time we met. We said hello. And, you know, this episode was actually only the second time we've ever met. So it was really, really cool to talk to Lee. You know, we are both and we're both directors, but in totally different types of acting. You know, I'm doing the film. He has theater. He's got way more experience than me. I don't even want to put my, you know, my name in the same sentence with him. But awesome to have Lee here, talk to him, get his take. We're going to, you know, talk about theater, talk about the Five and Dime Company, the, you know, what he is the managing director of. And um, just a lot of stuff. Talk some Jacksonville, some Jacksonville artists. Uh, really, really excited. So we're going to get straight into it. I'm going to stop talking here. We're going to go straight into Lee Hanby on 9308. So again, thank you for tuning in. Check out Gradient Pictures on Facebook, Vimeo.com slash Gradient Pictures. And let's hit it. Welcome to 9308 the podcast. Today we have Lee Hamby, the owner of the Five and Dime Theater Managing Company. Director. Managing Director. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the podcast, Lee, man. I'm glad Thanks. to have you on. Um, so let's kind of roll straight into it. Um, you know, real quick, a little backstory. You and I, this is actually the second time we've met in person. Right, right. Um, but strangely enough, we're, we're connected quite a bit. Um, <laughs> you know, when I started getting into film, uh, I have a brother. A lot of people don't know I have a brother. Mm-hmm. You and I have actually talked more in the last 10 minutes than he and I have talked this year. <laughs> wow. Well, he's busy too, though. He's a very busy guy. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we stay in touch, though. Um, but when I started, I said, you know, what would you recommend? How would you recommend I go about kind of finding actors? He said, you got to talk to Lee. He's one of the most connected <laughs> people. So um, I got with you. And, you know, sent you over the December flyer and you posted it. I actually ended up getting three of our, our stars from it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, tell us a little about yourself. You know, yeah. how, you know, let's start. Like I said, you have this five and dime theater company that you're the managing director of. Right. Um, talk a little bit about that. You know, okay. what it is and, and how it got started, maybe. And, yeah. yeah. Um, going back to your brother for a minute. Um, he was, he and I were at DA for a little, he was much younger than I am. Okay. So, uh, we kind of, you know, came and went from DA at different mm-hmm. times. But, um so that's I love having those connections. You know, right? They used to say six degrees of separation, but it's so not. It's like one degree, right? If that. But um, I uh, five. I came back to Jacksonville in about two thousand seven, okay, and th- saw the theater uh, community growing like crazy, mm-hmm. and wanted to jump into that and make a make an impact. So I decided to stay here for a while and uh, worked at all the other theaters for a long time and directed and. Um, I was definitely a performer 100% for, for a long time, never saw myself as a, as a director. And uh, Joe Schwartz at Players by the Sea gave me a directing opportunity, and I, saw, I thought, wow, okay, sure. I fell in love, realized that I like watching the story come to life, mm. um, and everybody uh, learn and grow from, from, you know, from the very beginning to the full production. Right. And, uh, and then I went on and I thought, you know what? There is an area in town that's that's underserved in the theater, um, which is downtown Riverside area, mm-hmm. which was probably the most populated with theaters be, yeah. back in the day. <laughs> right. Um, but for some reason, they all went away and people moved away or whatever. So we thought, I think this is a great opportunity. There was a group of us that uh, felt passion mm-hmm. about that. And so that's how the Five and Dime 
began. Um, our mission is to stay in the downtown Riverside urban core okay. area. Um, at this point, we are nomadic still, so that means that we're in different locations for every show. We okay. do have a warehouse space, um, but uh, it is very raw and uh, and not HVAC. Mm-hmm. Um, no HVAC, I should say. Uh, so there is only a certain amount of time that we can actually use the warehouse when it's either really cool mm-hmm. um like in the fall is a perfect time for it. Gotcha. So we move around uh, and we do about four or five shows a year. Okay. Well, that leads me um, a couple of questions. I have like, yeah. so many questions just based on that. <laughs> um, so you said, so you were Douglas Anderson. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what did you go there for? For theater? For Acting? actual vocal. Vocal, okay. But I actually made my own, like when you graduate from DA, you get a seal of your um, your arts area that you majored in. Mm-hmm. And I actually graduated with a musical theater seal because I did um, theater and vocal. Okay. And a couple of different, like, things too. And so. where did you, we said you came back to Jacksonville in 07. Where'd you go? I did right after high school. I moved to LA first because I got a scholarship with a very um, well known vocal coach, mm-hmm. Seth Riggs, and moved there. My plan was to be an opera singer. Okay. And, uh, I quickly realized, I was there about a year and a half, and realized that opera was not my thing. Mm. I was too lazy to learn German and Italian and every other language. And I said, I just want to sing. I just want to sing and dance and and act a fool on stage. So musical theater was definitely where my my love was. Did did you like L.A.? Hated it with an absolute passion. I, I did a pilot season there. I was yeah. only, I think, 13 at the time. I had a great acting coach, Andrew McGarrion, and I loved L.A. Like, yeah. that's one thing I would love to go back at some point. That's interesting. What is it you didn't like? Was it just... I have always said that as soon as I, I walked off the plane, um, for the people that don't know me, I am a ver- very large person. Um, I have a large personality, so I and I'm Southern, so I've never felt so fat, so gay, and so Southern in my life. All at one time. All at one time. Just it was like, like people didn't know what to do with me. People right. just didn't know what was this person mm-hmm. <laughs> and why is he here. So it was it was weird because I usually am a person that walks into a room and, and meets a, a I never meet a stranger. Right. So it it was really weird for me. Gotcha. Yes, yeah, I I, cause I was young at the time. Yeah. I didn't really have you know it wasn't myself you know what I mean right. 13 years old you know you just kind of do do what's there and you're excited for a new <laughs> I mean and I was too I mean I was very excited going there I was what just turned 18 mm-hmm. um it's much different than than Jacksonville where it is such a small community you know? it was huge so when you you came back here your goal was just at that time was it to you know just come in and do this theater thing or was it just you were just back in and that's I was back and I kind of thought since I'm here, this is a good place to live. It's mm-hmm. cheap. Very great place to um, live. Because after LA, I moved to New York and lived in New oh, York okay. for uh, off and on for about six years. Gotcha. And uh, so when I came back here, I thought, well, it's cheap enough to live here mm-hmm. and then fly everywhere you need to go. Wherever I need to yeah, go Jackson's for like, auditions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a long time. Really? Um, and it was fine. It was. I yeah. can't say enough good things about Jacksonville. Like, it's such a great place to live. I, cost of living. You have the big city amenities, small town vibe, just great place to live. It is the best place to live. <laughs> right. I mean, it gets it has its downfalls. Everything closes at nine. Right. We go to the same place after nine o'clock at all the time. You know, yeah. You find your restaurant and our bar, and you go hang out there. Exactly. And, but everything else is great. The people are great. 
it has its faults, but and, and there know. is a there's a big artistic scene here, and I don't know. Obviously, I'm noticing it now. Maybe it's because I'm just getting into it myself. But it seems like it's really, really starting to to blow up now. It was really cool in the '80s, mm-hmm. the, especially the theater and uh, and the arts in general. And then it kind of had a lull in the '90s mm-hmm. um, and early 2000s. And then about 2005 is when it started to rise again. again. I think people this is a place like you said it's a really good place so people end up going away and then coming back here to raise a family or or whatever. So you get really good talent that ends up being here. Right. So when you got back you um, you saw the theater you know the theater scene the art scene kind of blowing up. Was it who did you are the people involved with the Five and Dime? Like how did that start? Yeah so um, oh gosh so there's a group of nine of us actually Okay. so when we started doing theater it was really Players by the Sea that gave us an opportunity to really blossom and and do some things that had never been done before. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things when I came back musicals weren't even done because they weren't successful mm-hmm. um, artistically or monetarily for the theater. Mm-hmm. So they could not find, there weren't many people to direct musicals at that point. And I'm completely, at that point I was completely musical theater mm-hmm. performer, you know. And so I thought, I can direct a musical, I can do this. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> and it was a show that was not something like Sound of Music or Annie that you could draw from something that you've already seen. Mm-hmm. It was a show called Red Hot and Cold about Cole Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was nothing... I had to be creative 100% because there was nothing, no reference to go from. Right. That ended up being a huge hit for Players by the Sea. It was the first really? musical back, and it was a huge hit. Because it had singing, it had dancing, it had the whole thing. It was just something that a lot of people could relate to. It wasn't a musical that you had to think about. Right. You could just hum along if you knew the songs, you know, tap your feet. So people loved it. It was a huge success. And then we knew that we could take some chances. So we did a show called Bat Boy mm-hmm. um, that really sh- was a really big risk because it was it's a crazy show if you know Bat Boy. It's about, based on the Inquirer, or the um, uh, Weekly World News, about this bat kid that was found in a cave, mm-hmm. and it's based on that. So the okay. family, I could tell you the whole story, but there's no need. It's just a crate. There's an animal, a stuffed animal orgy in the show. Can I say that on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. say whatever. Whatever. Okay. Curse to whatever. Um, good, good. Um, I'll say fuck at some point, I promise. Um, uh, and that really showed the theater and the theater community, like, people don't want to see the traditional stuff anymore. They want to see this funky, crazy, wacky, new musical theater. Right, right. Just kind of taking taking chances and... Yes. Just, yeah, and that, I wouldn't expect to see something like that in theater. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I, that is something, if you're not involved in theater, especially, I mean, myself, I'm, I'm not as involved as I'd like to be. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's not something I came up in. I came up as an actor trying to be mm-hmm. in film, but... Um, you know, I wouldn't expect to go in and see that. So that's, that's interesting. Is yeah. that the kind of the stuff that goes goes on with the five and dime and not like animal orgies <laughs> per se? But I mean, you know, like I guess you, you get this yeah. idea, you think you're going to go see some kind of throwback type play, some really big, like that. That's kind of a lot of people who I've talked to about theater, mm-hmm. that's kind of what they expect. Yeah, I, for a long time, theater was very traditional here. And there's still and there's still a place for that. People need to be doing the traditional Oklahoma, the Rogers right. and Hammerstein. But we found, like, you know, let Theater Jacksonville, let Players by the Sea, Atlantic Beach Experimental Theater, those places do those traditional things. Mm-hmm. At that point, people have spun off and done some some cool things since then but our whole mission was to do things that really tell a strong story right most places 
have to tell a, a funny story or a happy story. Right. Or, or do anything with a happy ending. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not that kind of happy ending, right. but you know what I mean? Because <laughs> um, people don't want to be depressed. People don't want to... But that's not our thing. If that's people, not real life. Either. You can't learn from that. Mm-hmm. So our mission is to... When you walk away from a 5 and 9 show, you have learned something new. It really makes you think about something. Um, it inspires you to maybe do more research on the subject. Okay. It's not always a happy story because life's not so, always a happy right, story. Right. Yeah, so life is not you right. know, a bunch of happy endings, right? It's, exactly. Um, so let me ask you this. Do you guys create all of the plays? Is it all no. like originally written? No. Okay. No. So this is stuff. Um, we do. Are, we're very lucky in this town to have a lot of good playwrights and, mm-hmm. and um, really uh, energetic, amazing writers. But it's that process is so difficult, as you know, as a as a filmmaker, right. it's it's kind of like that. I mean, it takes it takes a long time a long time to really, and with film you can retake you know scenes. Right. And with theater, if it doesn't work, it is very obvious. It's that, and if you it, can't go back and fix it, you can write something a certain way and then go and just you know move scenes around and tell tell a completely different story right. if you need to, and that, right. that's a big benefit. So we find that we we want to do more of those, um, mm-hmm. but again, it just takes time to develop that, and we want to help people develop those plays. But most of our shows are done um, are either off Broadway or Broadway shows that um, are regional productions or whatever. So mm-hmm. we just we read a lot of material. Gotcha. We have a rep committee that literally reads about seventy shows a year, really, wow. and then we narrow it down to ten, and then narrow it down to five. So five is the goal every year. That's five, kind of... four, or five is the goal. Okay. Yeah. How, so when did when did the five and dime start? Um, we are now six years old, so 2011. So as of this point, what's what's the goal? What's next? I mean, I continue to try to grow and just build. Are you... Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot has happened in six years. I can't. The fact that I'm <laughs> saying six years is crazy because it seems like yesterday. But right. um, nomadic has been a blessing and a curse. It's very difficult to be nomadic and keep moving around, moving lights and sets and costumes right. and people, and it's just been crazy. So we, right now, we're looking for a place to call home. Gotcha, kind of like. A- and we'll do some outreach things, like we'll do maybe one show a year somewhere else, mm-hmm. but because um, we've had a really good relationship with the Cummer Museum. Okay. So we've done five summers at the Cummer Museum. Do you, um, your actors, are they the same people you kind of mm-hmm. use, same kind of roster, or no? No. Like I said, we've got so many amazingly <laughs> talented people in Jacksonville, uh-huh. and uh, it we don't do a lot of shows with a large cast, mm-hmm. so it allows us to use a lot more people through the season, um, and different people because it re- like we do five, six, seven people at the most usually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, a couple people, as you see uh, right on the wall, 93. We, yes. have, we have Derek's face for the yep. deleted December. Um, yeah. And Noah Bennett. Um, what, mm-hmm. what, what did they work on? Just out of curiosity. I, they haven't really told me what plays they were in. They haven't done anything with the Five and Dime yet. Okay. Or if you're listening, we'd like for you to audition. I keep trying to get Derek um, to audition. Derek's a busy guy. He is a busy guy, <laughs> and there's just certain roles that you think of certain people for. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, he's definitely one of those people. But. He did a couple of shows. I met him. Um, he was teaching theater camp at um, Theater Jacksonville. Okay. With my good friend Juan, and uh, and then he did Redline at Players by the Sea. Mm-hmm. He's done a couple of things at Players by the Sea. Um, and off the top of my head, I can't think of what those are. But um, he's very talented. Mm-hmm. And what's good about him is, if you know him, he looks young. 
but he's mature, so you can kind of cast him as a younger right. person. But he has that he has the acting chops. Exactly. A, yeah, like, I, I cast him as an older person. So <laughs> yeah, which is I loved. Which I you, you know because in film you don't you don't have to see all of him, and you know what I mean. It's like right, different yeah, in exactly. film. So did you get a chance to see December? I watched most of it. Most yes. of it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's a, we, I mean, we just put it out actually yeah. last week. Um, yeah. So. Give me, give me a critique on Derek. Um, we're going to put him on the spot. It's so cool to see theater people that you know uh, as theater people mm-hmm. do film. Right. And the transition is really cool. Sometimes it does not translate very well. Right. Because we as theater people, as you know, are, are bigger and it's a lot, a lot brassier. Yeah. And, yeah. It was interesting. From, I saw Noah, um, Noah Bennett, who was mm-hmm. you know, the second lead in December. I went and saw him. He was in a play called A Patch of Earth. Yeah. Um, and he just phenomenal. And it's crazy mm-hmm. seeing, especially directing him on, on such a small, like, quiet level. I mean, he's, <laughs> right. and he's such a funny guy, which you really don't see. And I saw him go from being, you know, kind of a comedic relief, just... He had, he had a lot of powerful scenes in December. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had to do a little mm-hmm. bit of a fight scene. Yeah. But then to go see him do this this character that was... Uh, we, he was actually on the podcast and talked about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, you know, just very... So, somebody who was a victim of war crimes and stuff. Just seeing that difference. But, I mean, the, I can't even imagine the difference between stage and, and film. Like, I mean, I know Noah because we did Young Frankenstein together. Um, which he was probably the funniest person I've ever met. Right. I mean, he had me rolling... He is just crazy, and I, uh, and then I quickly learned that he, and as you know, a lot of um, really funny people are also really good at serious right. things. Yeah. Let me get your opinion on this. Yeah. I've always thought that, I mean, that's kind of, people, it's hard to be funny. It is really, really hard to be funny. So the transition from, like, somebody who's comedic going to something serious, it's always kind of sh- shocking to you as an audience. Yeah. I think that's, like, the easier thing to do because... You know, it's hard to be funny. I mean, you look at guys like, uh, you know, Jim Carrey, who people know is funny, but he right. does drama like it's nothing. If you see somebody the other way around, it, it doesn't always, you know, translate to success. But you have that thing where most comedians have this inner demon, usually. Right. I mean, you see that a lot, sadly, with, with film actors that have, you know, committed suicide or whatever, like the, some of the funniest people. Right. And so you can really, really dig for that serious side mm-hmm. um, as an actor but you are right it, it is harder to be funny right you can't force funny you can't fake funny right I think you can to a certain extent fake being serious or fake being sad or you know and you mentioned somebody like Robin Williams I think you're referring to right, right. one of the funniest guys of all time and is I mean yeah. Goodwill Hunting is just I mean, flawless. His performance tonight is absolutely flawless. Amazing. So seeing those guys do that, I guess I think those are the most talented people who can, you know, the the funny people are the yeah. artists, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy for me, like I said, seeing him. I really want to see Derek in something live. Um, you should. He's he's very talented. So with the five and dime, there's something you guys have, and it's called next stage. Yeah. Um, which I'll kind of, from what I read about it, it's essentially it's something where you're giving up and coming. Um, Artists. Filmmakers, I want to say filmmakers, artists, yes. Yeah. Um, the chance to kind of debut their, their works in progress mm-hmm. um, and then kind of get feedback, criticism, help just from you know people within the, the community. And I think that's that's really, really cool. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, we started, it actually was um, originally a concept that we called Second Sunday. So every second Sunday of the month we had this event. And we did it just as kind of a trial at first because we thought this is this is a good idea, but how is it going to translate? Are people going to be good um, 
critics? Mm-hmm. Are they going to give good advice? Are they going to find it necessary just to be nice? Like, or yeah, hey, good job. Or yeah, are they going to cool. tell you that you fucking suck yeah. and that you should never be on stage again or whatever? It's in my happy medium. We need to find. We need to be constructive, right? You know. And so we thought it was necessary for us to be. Let me tell you the story, and I'll get to that point. So we started this thing where we invite artists of all genres. Mm-hmm. We have had drag queens, we've had filmmakers, we've had choreographers, actors, playwrights, singers, dancers, um, you name it, we've had it. Mm-hmm. So, and after, we we take about five per, at that point, five per Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then after they perform, we give them, I, thought, I think we give them 15 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, we had five. So we've split the whole audience into five groups. And the each artist then moves around to each of the groups. So it's okay. like speed dating. Okay. For, for artists. Ed, for artists. <laughs> and yeah. criticism. And criticism. <laughs> so then um, we found it necessary to, to control that criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, that one of the five and dime board members or somebody that we trusted be in each group okay so that we could guide that conversation if need be okay um we did have one incident the very first second sunday that we had that this woman told a student from douglas anderson that he sucked and that he should never step foot on stage again so it was like we had to you know of course yeah (laughs) total bitch um she's a local actress in town um so if you're listening, you know who you are. Um, and it was just awkward because, you know, that poor kid. An adult can take that criticism way better than a right, child. Right, right. He's not a child, but you know what I mean? A young person that is just starting to do this. Right. That really can hinder their life. Mm-hmm. And so we really had to... Um, monitor. Monitor right. and uh, and really call him and talk to him and really okay you know that kind of stuff so it was a it was a for the to be the first one it was kind of a lot to handle is this is this kid still or this this person still acting now um yes and he's incredible and now he's at juilliard really so that shows her you want to shout him out or can can uh, we drop names on this julian is his name and he just did a show um he wrote a play um, and as I'm talking about it, I can't think of anybody's last name or the play. Um, but he did it with Phase 8 at the Performers Academy, and it was cool. incredible. It was great. And now he's going on to uh, Juilliard, which is one of the best schools in the world. That's awesome. Yeah. So it shows her <laughs> that she doesn't know what that fuck she's talking about. Right. Um, so anyway, um, so then it developed. We wanted to make it kind of bigger and better. It was hard to find five performers for every mm-hmm. month. So we thought, let's partner with um, the library during this um, thing that they call uh, Lift Every Voice. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to do it once a quarter and have more people. So we upped it to about, I think, eight people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do the same thing. So it's really the same concept, not as much, more concentrated. We were able to find... Um, more of a consistent level of talent because mm-hmm. at the first it was you know it was it was you had students you had adults that did it for a long time that just had you had filmmakers so it was hard to find that even and give the give people the same kind of criticism and feedback right. you know so we've it's been amazing to see the growth of people we've had a lot of spoken word people that have been writers but have never performed Mm -hmm. and so that just that outlet has 
catapulted them. Like some people have gone on to win national championships and really? things. It's been really cool to see. How often does it happen now? Now it happens every quarter. Okay. So we've done um, four this year, and is our last one is October 9th. Is, is this still just one day, or is it like a an event? Well, just one day. Um, it's about three hours long, two okay. two and a half three hours long. Mm-hmm. We give like an hour for the uh, performers or artists, and then about an hour for the feedback. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's something I definitely want to check out. Yeah. Um, so as far as directing, I know you said you went pretty much from the, the stage to directing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of was the same way again. I, I started as an actor, didn't work, and it was a similar situation where I just kind of wrote December, and I, was, I had no intention of actually doing the directing. I think it's just mm-hmm. one of those things, like, if, if you're a director, you're a director, do you know? Like, mm-hmm. you, you get behind that, and then it's, it's really your job just to, just to motivate and bring the best out of people, which is what's so, so rewarding about it, because it's really just about... You know, seeing guys like Derek and Noah and those guys just just do their best and bring it out of them. Um, you know, is that kind of what what your love, you know, where it comes from? One hundred percent. I I have been so fortunate to work with a lot of great directors in my life, mm-hmm. and and I've also worked with some really crappy directors in my life. So you learn what not to do. Right. You always learn something from every experience, as we all know. So I really was inspired to. Um, when I started directing to make my experiences fun yet still challenging and educational Mm -hmm. so I really try to concentrate on making it a great experience for everybody that's involved and um, but again like I said make it educational as a director in film I think you writing and directing in a film Mm -hmm. is kind of the norm right not Really? No? Not, not okay. doing both. I mean, there's a lot of there are people who do it, um, but that that's more rare. Than, yeah, because yeah. it's certainly not a thing in 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 yeah. theater. It was funny. Derek said to me, you know, and, and sidetrack before I get into this, you know, for me it's kind of like I, I've been doing this for about a year now. You know, it was a year ago now. I was like, hey, fuck it, let me write a script, and mm-hmm. I, I had really no no idea what I was doing with it. Now it's like, you know, one feature deep. We started a company. It's like it's so overwhelming to me but it's I feel like I'm just I got my foot in the door like I'm the guy who like I wasn't invited to the party but I stumbled <laughs> the wrong door and now everybody's like hey you know right, what I mean right um it's you know Derek said he's like it's so intimidating work us with the, you know when the director is also the writer I'm like it, I'm just happy to be here and that's the kind of the way I think is a good way to approach it you can never I have to stay like I'm always trying to learn from them as much mm-hmm. as you know just do my part to motivate that's I think as a director you're a motivator and a coach you know what I mean it's you can't you hear so many stories you know I've heard stories about uh, some filmmakers recently when we kind of talked about off air mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. just so difficult to work with just because of an ego and it's like I think you have to stay away from that but when Derek said that it's just funny you know it's like I'm, I'm happy to be here and I feel like if I, I'm just trying to take that approach with everything that I do um, and we just shot a short film um, two or three weeks ago, we worked with a um, cinematographer. His name is Ryan Lightborn, who's done a lot of stuff. Um, you know, won some awards. He's based out of Orlando, and it's one of those things. Just being around people like that, it's like I'm just happy to be here. Right, and I think you know, I was very much like you. I think when I first started, because I was happy go lucky. Nothing, nothing was wrong in the world. I was so happy to do what I was doing. And you do. I mean, sadly, you do as you get older. Because I'm getting older, <laughs> and. Uh, now that I've turned 40-ish, um, you you do lose that luster a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm still very passionate, and I still know I can learn. Right. But you don't you don't approach things in the same way anymore. That's not it's not a bad thing, but right. you just are not as 
happy-go-lucky and and just want to do everything and you know that kind of thing. At some point, it becomes more business. It becomes yeah, more business yeah. and more of a you're not only a director, mm-hmm. you are a friend, a psychiatrist, a teacher, a uh, therapist, a life coach, a you name it, and you have to be that person, especially in the theater that I do. I do a lot of community theater, mm-hmm. and those people are volunteering their time. Um, they come from you know work five or six o'clock at right. night, and then they come straight to rehearsal at seven or six thirty. And you know, you don't know kind of day they've had, or and it usually a lot of people you know think of it as work still, mm-hmm. even though they're not getting paid, and they don't bring that drama. They say the drama for the stage is what right. we say, or say the drama for your mama. Um, but you never know what they're going through. You never know what people's life, what's happening in their life, their kids or their you know, right. family or their financial situation or whatever. So you really have to be whatever they need you to be. Right. As long as, and I've always said this, and if I could teach one thing to fellow directors of whatever, mm-hmm. um, if you go into this project straight away and it is obvious that you are the captain of the ship mm-hmm. and they know where that project or that boat is going right they will feel safe if they if they approach this project and they don't feel safe on this boat they're mm-hmm. gonna jump ship right so you have to make it like I said a fun experience an educational experience and all that stuff it has to be like that. Yeah, it's something I've kind of run into is, you know, especially, like I said, especially when we started that because I had, you know, no experience. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, look, I'm, I'm 22 years old. I have not done this before, <laughs> but you just, you know, just trust yeah. me that I I know where I want this to go. And that, that's pretty much been my thing is like anytime I've met with an actor on anything we've done, it's like, you know, I'm very open about this is where it needs to go. We just, you know, we're in it together. And I, I love, I just, I love being a part of it. The collaboration yeah. is what I live for. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and I tend to go about directing plays and musicals differently than a lot of directors because I am a more visual person, Mm -hmm. but I make it a point to cast the people that make my job easier. Mm -hmm. I don't need or want or have the time to hold everybody's hand and tell them exactly what to do. So if you get, and again, we're very fortunate to have very talented people here in Jacksonville. So if you cast those good people... Mm-hmm. then they're going to do a good job for you. Right. You just don't have to do as much work. You just have to guide them in a direction or say a little something, but you don't have to demonstrate how to do it or give them a line reading. or Exactly. Or, yeah, it's like I, I've been fortunate enough and I'm, I'm waiting for something bad to happen because, like I said, I've yet to have a really big issue. But, you know, every actor that I've worked with, you know, has been... Like, I've given them the script, and they've shown up knowing every line. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, I, I don't know if that's normal, you know what I mean? Especially for the film thing. I'm like, you know, I, I'll give you, you know, we shot something that was 25 pages, you know, or the short we just did. And everybody got to rehearsal, you know, mm-hmm. after a week of having a script and was ready to kill it and had their ideas. And that's, like I said, unfortunate. I've only really worked with one person that was, you know, maybe difficult in any sense. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, I'm, I'm waiting to see, you know, how, how to <laughs> handle that, you know. Yeah. And I know it's going to come sooner or later. My advice to those people that are more difficult than the others, it's like nobody is talented enough to have to deal with that stuff. Right. And that is the stuff that makes you not as happy-go-lucky as you are when you first start. Those people wear you down. Right. And they take advantage of you. They could, and you know, because you become friends with everybody. And mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll speak candidly. You know, I just did a show. And, and I think people, since I do know literally everybody and 
and I want to be friends with everybody, people can take advantage of 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 you as a director and a friend at the same time. So it really? can be difficult, yeah, and that wears on you. So I'm as far as the the scene in Jacksonville, you know, I'm very big. Like you know, when I got into the filmmaking, there's there's plenty of filmmakers out here. You know, I had the pleasure, you know, Jaron Wallace, who actually. Um, he was in December, and he did a documentary for Players by the Sea recently. Oh, okay. Um, shot that. I know, uh, you know, Louis Farnelli is a name that I know, and, you know, I've talked to him a few times. He's a very talented filmmaker. Of course, Alex, who I work with. Um, you know, aside from that, you know, I know there are people out here doing it. I know, you know, the, the 48-hour film festival mm-hmm. is packed. I'm I'm not going to... There, there were... I, I saw one night of the 48 this year. Have you been to it before? I have, yeah. Did you go this year? I did not go this year. So this is the first year I went. I only went one night because, again, my friend Jaron had a show there. And, um, you know, there were two or three, you know, very, very good films in there. And I'll be, a lot of them were pretty bad. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There was right. one that had to do with the guy, like, fucking a dog. It was one of the weirdest <sighs> things I've ever seen. Like, that was one where I was like, Let me, I would love to have a conversation with this person. Like, yeah. Why are you wasting time? Um, but there's such a good culture for it. And I think it's the one thing I think is kind of sad about it is it seems like the only people who know about it are the people who are doing it or you know what i mean yes it's not why i think it could be so my approach is i'm really trying to you know especially just you know build this this camaraderie with the people i work with you know I'm, i work a lot with jaron now and of course my, mm-hmm. uh, alex and just you know try to make this as big as possible i think mm-hmm. the biggest thing that that we can do is just as you know people who are trying to lead and direct it and build this culture is pretty much just treat it like you know this is not just a small local fun thing like, mm-hmm. this is a lifestyle and this is something that you know, there's no difference between, you know, you guys doing theater here and Broadway. I really don't think there is. I don't think there's anything different budget. from us making. Yeah, aside from the, the budget. Only thing. There's no difference between us making films here in Jacksonville and shooting in Los Angeles or Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's literally just where you are. That is the only difference. And I think that the one thing, and it's that I've met with people around the city, that this city, um, you know, we, we tend to kind of think very small. Mm-hmm. In a sense where it's like, hey, we're we're in Jacksonville. Let's do this. It's fun, and let me do that. And I think the biggest approach that I, I'm trying to you know preach to people, into in a sense, is, you know, there's no difference. There's literally no difference. We just need to do it, and this city can be just as big, you know, and just as popular with that kind of stuff. Don't look at it as competition either. I think that right. can get you into big trouble and put people against each other that shouldn't be. Exactly. We, same thing in theater. Same thing in film. If we create whatever project we're doing it's going to it's going to help build an audience right so if you somebody sees a movie that you've done and they fall in love with that they're going to look for other independent films or whatever exactly if you do a theater a show and they come see it it's the first time they've ever seen theater they're going to fall in love with it they're going to like oh i'm going to go see every other theater in town right right and we need to help each other build audiences. We don't need to be... This is not competition. Right. We're not... As nonprofits, which are most of us are in this town, mm-hmm. we're not here to be making money anyway. We're, right. We need to just create art and help each other. And unfortunately, in the theater community, that is not how it works. Really? It is very competitive, and I want to change that. That's really? my goal it's like i want everybody to get along everybody's trying to outdo each other mm-hmm. they're they don't support each other they don't go see shows and it it starts with the executive directors or the the head of the of the theater really? so sometimes they're called executive directors or artistic directors mm-hmm. we have to support each other right i think you know i'll meet you maybe in the middle maybe we see this the same way i mean i'm, I'm a big fan of competition but mm-hmm. to an extent like you know, it's if I have a friend, like I said, the, you know, I, I'll keep referring back to Jaron because he, we've worked together and he's got his shorts he's been doing for the past, 
you know, for this year since we finished December. I'm going to be there for everything that he does, and I'm going to support, and he's going to do the same for me. At the same time, of course, I like the friendly competition where it's like, hey, I want to say, hey, I think, uh, you know, I could have done this a little better. Or we yeah. could have done this. You know, I think stuff like that. And when it comes to theater, it's like you obviously you want your work to be better, but it's, it's not, I don't, never putting anybody down. Right. Right. Even though I just put somebody down a few minutes ago with his dog fucking. But <laughs> it was just so like, it was That's so, random. And, um, you know, although, like I said, I thought a lot of those things weren't great that I saw at the, at the 48. Um, you know, there was definitely, there's so much good in it that mm-hmm. I I want to continue to, you know, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of this culture and I want to meet these people and, you know, continue to just, just promote that. Like you said, have everybody supporting. It should be about everybody here succeeding. Um, and I think the competition should be, you know, almost as much with yourself. It's like, you know, you with me personally, um, you know, December, I the next thing I do, I'm not out here saying I want to be better than this filmmaker. I want to make something better than this person made. That's not my goal. Mm-hmm. My goal is I want to make something better than December. After that, mm-hmm. make something better than that and mm-hmm. keep competition with myself mm-hmm. and you know, still have, you know, that's the biggest competition there should be. It's the quality. So right. that's that's what our goal should be mm-hmm. is we all have a place. Like I said, Theater Jacksonville is more of the traditional theater in town. Mm-hmm. Five and Dime does you know more um, kind of off the beaten path kind of shows and tell strong stories. Players does a lot of brand new works off Broadway that gets that, that mm-hmm. get lots of attention. So we all have our niche. You just have to stay within this certain quality. If you're gonna do a product, mm-hmm. everything has its place. Just do it well. Right. That's my thing. Do it and do it well. Right, right. Yeah, because you're not gonna you guys aren't gonna at the five and dime, you're not gonna put a traditional thing on and try to make it better than um, you said was it was that players or was that theater jacks? Yeah, right, you know that that's not what your goal is. Your goal is not to come out there and, and straight compete with them and say, hey, we're better mm-hmm. do this. Of course, uh, as an artist, think as, as somebody as a bit of a competitor, you definitely want your work to be the best. Yes, but I think that's very healthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Like I said, I definitely want I want everybody who's a part of it to you know continue to make good stuff and to continue to build the culture and share an audience. Of course, I'd love to be the best. You know, right, it's, right. It's and that's a good way to look at it. Um, Let's uh, let's kind of move on a little bit. Okay. Um, one thing, you know, we have we've actually gone a little longer than expected so far. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to go into the drop. We actually have two segments. Okay. Um, and one is is more specifically for you because I don't have any for this. Um, we talked a little bit before the podcast about it being you know director obviously of theater. Um, I want you to kind of tell us about either three people who are your favorite or three who you know that maybe people don't of you know actors. We'll say big name actors that are doing both theater and stage. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, theater and. Um, in film, okay. Um, you know, you're talented, and I kind of want to go a little deeper into that. But tell me three people who you can kind of think of that are fluent. You know, mm-hmm. um, we were saying before the the segment that um, it's a trend, and I don't know if it's a trend. I think it's a a thing that's going to last, and it has been around for a long right. time. Is that getting people that are in film or movie stars? as the leads in musicals and plays on Broadway, right. which bring more people to the theater, which mm-hmm. is great, but I have to say that that doesn't always, they don't always get the most talented people, they just get the name, you right. know what I mean? So, um, two of the people that I think of right away, and a third is, it'll come to me, um, <laughs> James Earl Jones, I think, is one of the best uh, people that transition really well from, mm-hmm. from film to stage. Um, and he's had a long, very long career. Um, the last thing I saw him in was Driving Miss Daisy. Mm-hmm. He and Angela Lansbury. Um, and it was like watching a master class. Yeah. It was incredible. Really? Two people on stage. Well, there's three people in the show, but them on stage for most of the part. It's just incredible to me. Um, 
Uh, Kevin Spacey's another one that I think is incredible. Um, he translates very well from film to stage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my mind is crazy right now. Um, I just saw She Loves Me, and it had... Um, I cannot think of its damn name. Crap. Um, Levi is his last name. Zachary Levi. Okay. And I didn't know what to think. Going into this thinking, hmm, he's funny. He's, you know, I like him. Um, But after seeing him on stage, I thought, this is incredible. Like, he... I can't imagine anybody else playing that part anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through, I, I saw the show. This is a revival of She Loves Me on Broadway, mm-hmm. which is a very traditional, cute little jewel box of a, of a musical. And uh, he was perfection. He was a leading man. He was funny. He's handsome. He can sing. He moved well. It was like, how have we not seen this before? You know? Right. So it was really cool to see... Um, those three people in different things and they're totally three different completely different actors um and styles uh on stage it was it was amazing and that that uh this this topic you know not as as much stage but you see a lot more um actors and actresses doing this transition from both you know feature film to stage broadway to television to where it's like the idea of the movie star is pretty much dead now Mm -hmm. right i mean there's no you know, you had Will Smith in the 2000s, but you don't have these, you know, Bruce Willis, right. John Travolta side guys. Everybody's doing it. I mean, John Travolta himself was just on a television show on mm-hmm. the um, People vs. OJ. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really cool because I think, you know, before we're just because a lot of movie stars had this idea, you know, I can't I can't go to television. I can't do that. Like, it, it's the end right. of a career, you know, uh, Clooney, you know, you know yeah. it was you go the other way. You could go from ER to being <laughs> a movie star, but you couldn't go from Ocean's 12 to ER. Right. In the mid-2000s, right? Yeah. So I think you see that. You know, you see McConaughey doing it. Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr. is about uh, close to doing it. Um, have you watched the show Easy yet on Netflix? I haven't. Have you heard of it? I have. So Net- I just actually watched the whole series this weekend. I don't binge stuff. Um, that's, it's, I wouldn't say it's my favorite yeah. thing I've seen this year. Um, great show. And you have guys in that. You have Orlando Bloom in that. Wow. Malin um, Ackerman. I, can't, I can never say her name correctly. You've seen her in everything. Okay. She's in a lot. Um She's a blonde girl who shows her boobs and everything. She's in <laughs> literally everything. I don't know if I've seen her in something where she's not. Um, I mean, there's I can't even think of uh, I'm, why I'm running out of names now. Yeah. Um, but just so many. Uh, Dave Franco, um, mm-hmm, for one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something where you have these guys, you know, these people, guy, men, women who are known for film and you know just doing television shows. And that show is a great one because it's an anthology series. Um, but I mean, it's like Thirty Rock. I mean. Right, has Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's really cool for me yeah. because I think there's so many other ways to you know experience theater and experience mm-hmm. these stories, and we're getting an opportunity to see better quality because you do have the people. You know, it's it's not anymore where the most talented people are in movies; they're in everything. Why, why do you think that is yourself? I mean, well, I think first of all, a lot. It's like you know, ballet is the is the basis for all dance. Mm-hmm. I think theater is the basis for all acting, of mm-hmm. course. So a lot of these people, and we don't even realize it, have had theater experience before they've even done film. Right. So you have somebody like, um, you know, uh, Kevin Spacey that started off in theater and then went on to movies. So and. and- Television and television. One of my favorite yeah, shows, so. I mean, he. It, that's the thing. I think it's we. Do, we might think of them as film, but if you did research on their life, you'd find out a lot of them did theater first. Right. Brian yeah. Cranston's one too. Right. We talked about you know who's 
So, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I, I think it's great. You know, it said you, you had these guys doing stage, you, people were doing film, you know, still still immersed in it. And I think it's great the way we're able to get this content now. You know what I mean? And people, the, the money in the film industry is not where it used to be. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of what Netflix is doing is essentially they, they don't really care what they put out. No. You know, it's all about hype around it. That's why they have fucking a new original series every week. Right. they just throw right. money and they're like, hey, um, yeah, just make something. Yeah. Like, what should we make? Fuck it. I don't care. Just make something and give it to us so we have content. And that's content is king right now. And I'm, I'm very interested to see where that ends up going. Um, did you watch Stranger Things? Okay. So here's, I'm going to make a, a huge confession is I am always doing something mm-hmm. And rehearsals at night. Mm-hmm. And I always forget to DVR anything, so I never watch anything. <laughs> like, I literally watch nothing. Really? It's the craziest thing. People are like, oh, have you... I have never... Okay, this is some, some facts about Lee Hamby. I have never seen Forrest Gump. Okay. I, have, I think it's overrated. That's a fact about me. Oh, good. Yeah. I have never seen any of the Harry Potter films. Okay. I've never read a Harry Potter book. All right. I've never seen Star Trek. I've never seen Star Wars. <laughs> I've never seen any of this stuff, list. which is a whole list. And people are like, I don't understand how you've lived your life right. without seeing these things. Yeah, people, I've never seen Shawshank, and people tell me that. Like, yeah, I mean, really- I've seen it, but I don't, I'm not one that can, like, all my friends can literally verbatim <laughs> quote lines from every movie or every TV show, and it's just not what I do. I don't. I have other things in my mind. I've kind of gotten to the point where I don't watch movies as much. Yeah. Because for me, it's like it's easier for me to, to commit to an hour television show or a 30-minute television show. And if I want to watch two hours, I have the choice to. Yeah. But it's not like sitting down and I'm stuck. Oh, shit, i got to watch this whole movie. It's tough. So I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat there. I've been watching a lot of television lately. And I think, going back to the original talk about that, is that I think that's what's so cool about TV in general mm-hmm. is that it... Netflix has done something that is just incredible to me is that you don't have to it doesn't have to be 14,000 seasons of you know a show if it doesn't if it's not successful you've filmed what I mean you know seven episodes or whatever it's like not the end of the world you can watch what you want to watch now you have all you have total control over what you watch and they're so and when you watch it the creators of Stranger Things you know they said that they could have done 10 to 12 episodes but they just needed to do 8 and they had the Mm -hmm. freedom to and I was reading an article recently that pretty much said that the cost that you know what it would cost them to do to get the rights to the series Friends or Mm -hmm. Seinfeld Mm -hmm is just as much as it would cost them to make something brand new of their own, their own original content. So they're mm-hmm. just like, fuck it, they're just throwing the money out. And I think that's great, and I, I don't mean to take this too much towards television. I'm just, I'm so happy with, like, the content we're getting. And like I said, the, the, the idea of going to a movie theater is kind of, it's dying down, right? And I think that may be why more people are going to, you know, see stage, because it's yeah. like, it's more of great movies are available to you you don't have to go to the red box you don't have to go to blockbuster obviously you know you don't have to go to the movies because there's so many movies that are even released simultaneously on digital that that whole um just the gloriousness right of going to a movie theater and having a weekend out that doesn't mean anything so i think theater is the one thing where you cannot really i mean you can i'm sure see plays online but Mm -hmm. you don't get that experience unless you are there but even broadway is doing a um certain shows get filmed mm-hmm. and they show it at the theaters. Really? So it is, or watch it on Broadway HD. So there's a channel that you can, you know, subscribe to mm-hmm. and you can watch Broadway shows. Right. And play. But that's the one thing where like the experience in the movie, especially at home theaters now, HD, surround sound, you can mm-hmm. buy a sound bar for $200. There's not a huge difference between the experience in the theater and your living room. 
Especially with how fucking huge TVs are. Right. There is a huge difference between yeah. going to a play and sitting and experiencing that and hearing, I mean, how loud somebody's voice is and feeling that power than seeing that on television. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's, you know, it's a lot of actors are, are starting to transition more and do more stage and be more, you know, willing to do so because of that. I think people, actors just want a challenge. They want, they want fun and they want to be challenged at the same time. Right. And I think that's what it is. It's like you want to prove to people that you can still perform on stage mm-hmm. and you can still do those basic you know mm-hmm. things I think it's I, that's what I think is great about it I think people want to do all of this because it's there's a coolness factor to Broadway mm-hmm. and that it almost is like you're a real actor if you do theater does that make sense yeah. I hate to say that because you're a film person <laughs> but you know what I mean you can you as a filmmaker have the ability to make someone look good right and you can splice and cut and fix. On stage, you're, it is raw. It is one take. You don't have any way to fix it. If you fuck up, you are screwed. Yeah. I, that, that's the uh, something that you know Noah, Derek, they've all mentioned to me. It's like there's this rush to being on stage and having to deliver. And it's more of like when you... When you're on film, you have your your crew who's watching you, but generally they're not going to make any noise or say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, on stage you can get that that reaction right away, right? And that that's very it's rewarding. that instant gratification. Exactly, very rewarding. As it's an so rewarding. It's almost like a drug. And it's also something where people, you know, they have to be there to talk about it, right? Like if you're not there, you don't know. And it's just this sense mm-hmm. of like, hey, I was here, I saw this, nobody else did. Like this is something special to me, mm-hmm. and that's really cool. And each night there's something different. Something exactly. different will happen every single night. Exactly. And I think that's really cool. And I've, I guess it's, since meeting them and getting into this, it's something I'm trying to get more into. Like I said, you know, we were trying to go to your show as we talked yeah. about. It was sold out. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. And that shows the popularity of, of entertainment, I think, in general. Right. Is that people are really coming to see theater. People are really watching TV right now. It's, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like... Um, you know, it's karma. I think you December was sold out. You couldn't go. And uh, yeah, I was trying to yeah. see your show. You couldn't yeah. go. So it was like, yeah, hey, it's karma now. Um, before we get into this last segment of the drop, I did ask um, you know our cast a couple of questions. To see if they had any questions for you. Mm-hmm. Really, I got one, and it was Alexis who said, um, "How did you become so connected here? How how do you know everybody?" Um, it's funny because I love the question is from her because I have a random connection with her, which I'll talk about in a second. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm from here, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of just. It, People do call me the unofficial mayor of Jacksonville. <laughs> and it's kind of like I don't know how I know so many people and how I'm connected. But I just am social and I go to... I'm, I'm mixed in with so many different crowds mm. and different types of people. And then I love bringing all those people together. and and Right. So it's just I'm not afraid to talk to people. I'm not afraid to meet new people. You know, there people will find it weird for me to say that I am kind of shy mm-hmm. when I walk into a crowd of people that I don't know at first I'm like mm-hmm. I'd rather stay at home sometimes than go out but once I push myself to go out it's it's a I have a great time right so I think just being you know I for people that don't know what I do during the day I do um, events so I do flowers and decor for mm-hmm. events like weddings and parties and bar mitzvahs and all that stuff so I know that kind of those kinds of people okay I know visual art people I know theater people so it's just it's kind of just being social and uh, I can't tell you a, a real way to do it you just gotta talk to people you know 
and be nice. Yeah. And be fun. <laughs> right, yeah. Be, being nice to people gets you a long way. It's yeah. Funny, right? I, people... Like, being a dick doesn't get you anywhere. No, it doesn't. I mean, sometimes you have to be aggressive and you have to be forceful. Bold, but like, being forceful doesn't mean you're being a bitch. Yeah, exactly. It, there's a way to do it. And people... I, I know for a fact, like, some of my, you know, founder people in Five and Dime... I'd go to meetings and they're like, I can't believe you say things like that or you do stuff like It's, I would say, as a large gay man, I can get a lot, I can get away with a lot more than a regular person can do. Does that make sense? It's really weird. I just, if, and I'm Southern, so it's like you have that mix of like Southern hospitality, fabulousness. You know what I mean? It's just it's just how I am. I, I don't know. It, gotcha. I know that's the most random answer yeah, that's, to that. That's a good answer. Hopefully, hopefully Alexis likes it. Um, no, but Alexis and I can I say this? Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Alexis and I met. I do. I started this thing called Pop Up, a pop up flower shop mm-hmm. or flower, uh, flower market in Hemming Plaza or mm-hmm. Hemming Park, and she came by and she ordered flowers for um, Valentine's Day, and her and I hit it off. Yeah. And from then on, we like Facebook friend friended each other and mm. um, I didn't even know she acted or anything I mean I just knew her as you know another like corporate America yeah, and person coming by the <laughs> flower shop and that's all I knew her as so that's a crazy thing and just to think that you know because she bought flowers and because yeah. I have a brother who I you know who does film he lives in Michigan it's not like we're, we're close we lives here yeah that you know we made a film um, Noah's question, which was um, how attractive has Noah been on a scale of 1 to 10, in which I said a, a 0, and that's why he was the second lead, not the lead. <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical. Um, Noah Bennett's hot. He's, uh, he's you know... He's, he's a cool guy. He's a know. twink. Yeah, not he, my type. He's, but a chi- he's a child. <laughs> he's a kid. That's, that's my guy, though. Uh, I love Noah. I love working with Noah. Um, so the, this last segment of the drop we're going to talk about, um, you know, just li- list, we'll, we'll stick with three. Three people who are... Talent are artistic in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you know them, don't know them, and you can just you know give me three, and it could be based off how talented they are, their significance, what it means to you. Just just you know, let's throw them out. Then I have three as well. Yeah, um, you know, some people we've had, like I said, we keep we have people here that are so talented and have gone away. Mm-hmm. Some have stayed away and done great things. Right. One of them is a very good friend of mine, Patty Hughsinger, Patrick Hughsinger. He's gone on to do. He started. He went to Juilliard, mm-hmm. and then he went um, and did national tours and Broadway, and then he moved to LA and started doing um, film. And he's done a ton. I mean, I he's in a new movie, and I can't think of what the name of it is. But he plays the bad guy in this new movie, and shit, I can't think of what it is. But I'll, it's just, I'll just Google bad guy in yeah, the movie, and I'll it, find it yeah. for sure. But just Google <laughs> Patrick Hughsinger. Yeah. Um, he is super talented, and again, look it up him starting off as t- like musical theater, that's how I met him, and then went and did serious, you know, theater, serious acting, and then uh, and then film. So it's that you know, okay, it's amazing. Um, locally, I, we have so many. God, I could choose a million. I think um, uh, you know my good friend Josh Waller is originally from Jacksonville as well. And, uh, you know, what's great about him is that he has been pretty tried and true to Jacksonville. He's mm-hmm. a huge Jacksonville lover as well. He's super talented. He has done a lot of things here in Jacksonville on stage. One of the founders of Five and Dime. Um, he, I just love his enthusiasm for Jacksonville. Like we were talking about at the beginning of right. this. It's just, it, he's 
contagious for his love of Jacksonville. He, you know, he's a Jaguar, a big Jaguar supporter and uh, um, loves theater. And during the day, he works at a law firm, a divorce attorney in town, which I can't even imagine how that is. What was his name? Josh Waller. Josh Waller. Okay. Um, And and real quick, I just, uh, I just looked at Patrick Hughes singer. So yeah, I, and it's crazy. I'm glad you told me. So I'm always looking, trying to find stories like this. So he was in Black Swan. Yep. Um, also, he is the looks like Jack, the new Jack Reacher. That's so it, Jack Reacher. He yep. is. Yeah, he's in that. Um, interesting, man. Because I, I never hear this kind of stuff. And he started off as a scrawny little dork in high school <laughs> at Douglas Anderson, and then he en- ended up going, or did he start at Stanton? He might have started at Stanton and then went to DA. That's what happened. Um, he was a scrawny little, skinny, pale, pasty, blonde white boy, and now he's literally like a god. It's the craziest <laughs> thing to see him now is that really? he's ripped and ridiculous. It's crazy. And his mom is still very sweet and they live here at the beach. Um, Aaron Staten, look him up too. Aaron Staten started on Broadway um, and then went on and he did um, um, TV and uh, and lots of stuff as well. Aaron Staten. Where, where, he's from Jacksonville? He's from Jacksonville. Get the fuck out of yep. here. Yep. He's, he's a fucking Ken Cosgrove on Mad Men. Yeah, on Mad Men. No fucking yeah, way. He went from, um, he literally went from Mamma Mia on Broadway to Mad Men. It was crazy. No, f- that, yeah. See, I mean, my mind's getting blown right here. Makes, I know. My, makes my list sound a little strange. Um, I did not know that. Did you, you'd worked with him? Uh huh. Yeah. Man, that is awesome. Um, and those two guys from Jacksonville that have gone on to do those great things mm-hmm. are probably two of the nicest guys I've ever met too. Really? That's what makes it cool. Yeah. Is to see somebody so humble and, and cool go on to do good things mm-hmm. and not some asshole. Right. I mean, it doesn't help that they're really ridiculously good looking too, but um, we have a lot of people from Jacksonville gone off to do great Dude, things. Um, I'll list, I'm, I'm going to cheat and list four. Um, okay. One who is somebody it's, it's not film related at all. Um, Young Cash, who is uh-huh. a huge rapper in Jacksonville, yep. way back when, um, only because that was a big deal in Jacksonville for a while. For yes. a while, this was a very big place for for rap music, mm-hmm. and you know, hood, hood rap music, hood shit going on, man. And he, <laughs> and he led it, man. Like, and he ended up, you know, being on T Pain's label, and mm-hmm. it was really probably the biggest rap artist from Jacksonville yeah. to kind of have success that that really represented it. The fact that I know um, who he is is amazing. Yeah. And he really represented Jacksonville though. Mm-hmm. I mean you you have other guys like the rapper Mace who who was at some point raised in Jacksonville. Um you know not known for that, known for New York. Right. right. Um so that was big. Um one Ashley Green. You know Ashley yeah. Green? Yeah, yeah. I actually um, had acting class with Ashley when I was like 10 years old. Um, it was back at John Robert Powers Acting School, which does not exist anymore. Yes. Yeah, I remember. Um, but I went there. We had this um, <laughs> this Albanian acting coach named George. I wish I remembered his last name. Uh, real talented guy. He was like this big movie star in Albania. Um, but I had you know I had class with her. Obviously, I don't know her well at all. Right. I was ten. She was like seventeen. I was like so nervous because she was so hot. And um, now you know she's been in Twilight films. You know had yep. had lots of success. Um, so she's somebody who's high on my list. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of hers. And she's also, you know, I, I heard, you know, when the Twilight movies came out that she would come here and stop by the theaters. And oh. so, so that's really cool. I think it's cool. I've never met her. But, to represent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But except just remembering, you know, this is 11, 12 years ago right. uh, for me that she, you know, really nice. You know, when I was in class, what that means now, you know, who knows? Um, another one is um, RJ Kyler. So I'm not sure how to say it. Um, you heard of the film Me, Earl and the Dying Girl? Yeah. Uh, he was Earl. Oh. Yeah. 
Uh, he's from Jacksonville. Really? Yeah. So and it's, it's only one project that I've seen. In I it. love that movie. Um, yeah. He's Earl is, is from wow. Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, and he's also going to be in the the big picture um, Power Rangers film. He's the big uh, Power Ranger, uh, and that's got um, Brian Cranston. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be big, and he's uh, he was just so good good in that movie. And I was I had the same reaction. Somebody said, "Hey, you know that Earl's from Jacksonville?" I was like, Get the fuck out of here! I like, have no idea. Yeah, and he's um you know just ridiculously good in that movie and like I said I, I hope to continue to see him other things and see how that, old is but, he um I'm sure, curious let's, let's, cl- close to my age um, he's young <laughs> you're young too right something like that yeah uh he's, he was born in 95 oh, so. oh <laughs> I'm, I'm a 93 baby so oh, um, you're a graduate of high school <laughs> fuck you and I guess he's in the, the vice principal show that's on right now and he's oh, really, yeah. pretty big so yeah. I'm again big fan of him you know I'm, I'm happy to see that's great him like I love to support anything coming out of Jacksonville yeah. uh, my number one is slightly biased it's Alex Horton my, my partner at, at Gradient uh-huh. Pictures um, musically he he was I've seen him you know from a fan we, we met we did a podcast together so I'm not gonna go too deep, too deep into it you know I wanted to be a rapper I was I was following Young Cash when I was in you know uh-huh. 10, 11 it was <laughs> one of the craziest things man like it was looking back on it so embarrassing um, but we met at a rap show uh-huh. and um, I've seen him go from you know a rapper to you know really talented producer to he put this album out in 2011 called um, Dreams in Stereo his stage name was Ill Dot Logic um, which was a pop album I tell you, I, I truly to this day believe that is the best musical work to come out of Jacksonville from any artist. Um, just ridiculous, and it's it's one of those things that does disappoint me because I'm a true believer that if you make the best work, mm-hmm. that the rest will take care of itself. And that's one situation where I saw that it didn't. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it got nearly enough praise that it it deserved. Um, and then go from that to becoming you know a cinematographer and a director and a writer. Now you know we've been working together for a year and we started a company, but to see him as a fan for you know five six seven years and now to work with him and just see the process is something that's so awesome that and, is awesome um you know that's th- those are my top three four, yeah. you know and again young cash i don't know what he does now but i just think that for what was popular at the time you know he was leading that yeah here um do you know somebody named kevin barry kevin ba- i don't know he was he's a, a white rapper here he doesn't do as much anymore but um i was curious because he i don't know the whole story but supposedly he was really big and on his way and I don't know what happened and all that <laughs> stuff. So anyway, I just was curious if you knew who he was. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's a lot of a lot of sports players, you know, from Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Brian Dawkins is a guy who's in, in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure he's in the Hall of Fame, 99% sure. Uh, from Jacksonville, you know, one of the greatest players ever. And that's, I that's think this cool. could be a whole podcast. It really could. If we could do research on all the people from Jacksonville <laughs> that have gone on to do amazing things and uh, it could be we could be here all day. You could. Man. When I lived in, I know we need to probably write no, no, that. When, when I lived in New York and I had good auditions, I actually, on a few occasions, had people go, you're from Jacksonville too? <laughs> we have, we, it was like Jacksonville had taken over. In the right. 90s, when I was in New York, it was mm-hmm. like Jacksonville had taken over mm-hmm. New York City. Everybody was from Jacksonville. Really? And people would notice it. And they were like, why did, why are all these people from Jacksonville in New York? I said, because we have a, a school of the arts. Mm-hmm. We have a performing arts high school. Right, and you had the guys from uh, Yellow Card. Yeah, right. Yellow Keen, Card. They, they we had. had um, well, with. my year was um, Limp Biscuit. Really? Okay. <laughs> so I graduated with most of the guys from Limp Biscuit. No shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, Bailey, my brother, he, he graduated. Yeah. Uh, we're very good friends with Ryan Key. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just you're right. Just just a list of people. It's a whole list. But shit, Lee, do you have anything you want to plug, man? Um, five and nine. Next show is um, a show called Never the Center. Okay. It's about the Leopold and Loeb trial from 1924. Okay. So if you know about that, it's really cool. It's about two guys, 18 and 19, that killed 
a young boy named Bobby Franks, 14 mm-hmm. years old, um, just for the fun of it and to see that that they could do it and get away with it. Okay. And so they killed him, dumped him in a culvert, and it became the first like official media frenzy kind of thing. So it was like that's like when paparazzi began. And at that point it was all that, you know, organized crime was a huge thing in 1924, like Al Capone and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So um, this show takes you on their journey and what was interesting and in the twist on the whole story was that these two guys had this pact mm-hmm. that one of them was a homosexual, another one was not. Mm-hmm. And they both needed each other to to accomplish this, you know, this killing. Okay. So they made this pact that, you know, if one if they helped each other, then, you know, the straight one would do things for the gay one and the gay one. You know what I mean? So okay. it's kind of it's such a weird that is a creepy it, it's considered a love story. Like, the playwright's calling it a love story, but it's really eerie and creepy and weird that people, you know, that they killed yeah. somebody and they really plotted and planned. and Just to do it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and when's that uh, When's that playing? November 11th. Okay. Um, we're doing it at the Carpolis Manuscript Library Museum in Springfield. In just one day? Nope. Okay. Um, November 11th. Uh, we, so that's a Friday. We skip the Saturday. We do 11th, 13th, 14th. Mm-hmm. Uh... 17th, 18th, and 19th, all at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Carpolis. Um, it is a really cool show, really well-written, really great cast. Um, all the marketing stuff just went out, so follow awesome. The Five and Dime on Facebook or the website at www.thefiveanddime.org. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely check it out. One person I actually I forgot to shout out. Uh, we're talking about talented people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this girl I went to elementary school with, first through sixth grade, uh, Carson Pickett, was drafted by the uh, Seattle Reign. I want to say third overall uh, oh, on wow. the soccer team. Played soccer at Florida State. Um, just remember seeing her kill it in everything athletic when I was in elementary school. And now yeah. seeing her do that, it's not somebody I really keep in touch with besides her you know, likes on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. But that's somebody you know that I've kind of followed through and just, just hope that they have success. Um, but yeah, Lee, uh, one thing I'll plug real quick, you know, we did just release December. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, everybody, please check out, um, you know, our, our film company website, which is just gradient.pictures. You can find the film on there uh, under the projects tab. And you can also go to vimeo.com slash gradient pictures and see December. Uh, see some of these people that Lee and I both work with. Um, but yeah, Lee, man, thanks for, uh, thanks for going on. Thank you. Hopefully we do it again. Awesome. And, and I'll come in uh, November 11th, man. I will actually set that on my calendar. Please we'll do. Ninety three oh eight, the podcast.